0: it up and welcome to Cars. Yeah, show number one thousand and seventy-seven.
1: And it's far better it is to dare mighty things to win glorious triumphs, even though checkered by failure, than to take rank with those poor spirits who neither enjoy much nor suffer much, because they live in the gray twilight that knows neither victory nor defeat. <laughs>
0: Roger, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I sure am, Mark. All right, here we go. Roger Faltioni is the founder of ClassicCars.com. He was one of the first to understand the importance of online classified in relations to the classic car market. He created a groundbreaking online marketplace built on the love of technology and classic cars. Ten years later, the company has been and been seeing tremendous growth, and in 2015, 2016, and 2017, was recognized as one of the fastest growing companies in the United States as part of the Inc. 5000. In 2018, the marketplace has attracted over 2.5 million visits a month, has 30,000 vehicles for sale, supports the largest online network of classic car dealers and auction houses, and delivers daily industry-leading news coverage. Classiccars.com has become the trusted home of the collector car enthusiasts, and I'm one of them. Love your site, have a lot of Fun there. Many times, probably spent more time there than I should have spent. So I know I know who to blame for that now. So Roger, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. As you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about your business and a very obvious passion for
1: automobiles. Absolutely. So you know, my first business actually was in the energy field. In 1994, I saw a seminar on the World Wide Web, and I started my first company in 1995 uh, about racing called go racing and uh, we were the official home of nhra ihra after i sold that we uh did a few more companies but uh in 2007 like i mentioned we started classiccars.com and it's been an incredible experience for me i love classic cars sorry to say i don't have that talent to be a really good wrench head but i absolutely love the history of classic cars i love everything about them and especially the people they're just absolutely terrific folks who uh, love to talk cars. It's a real pleasure to be in this business.
0: Oh, absolutely. And obviously what you're doing with your business is bringing many, many classic car lovers together, which is the best part of the classic car market and hobby. It really is the people. That what is what it always comes back to at my talks I have here at Cars. Yeah. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that has been instrumental in forming your success in your life. And it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Roger, take the wheel.
1: Terrific. Well, one of my favorites, I started uh, being an entrepreneur a little bit later on in life. And so this is one of those quotes that I think probably affect a lot of uh, entrepreneurs. And it goes like this. It's from Theodore Roosevelt, actually. And it's far better, it is, to dare mighty things, to win glorious triumphs, even though checkered by failure, than to take rank with those poor spirits who neither enjoy much nor suffer much, because they live in the gray twilight that knows neither victory nor defeat. Oh, and yes. for a lot of us, it's one of those great ones. And uh, I'm sure every entrepreneur and certainly every business has had its ups and downs. In fact, Mark, when we first started our business was, uh, like I said, in 2007, in the very next year, we had the world's greatest recession. Yes. So, oh, uh, gosh. One of yeah. The, one of those downs that I was talking about. So I just think it's, uh, it's an excellent quote that tells, uh, tells us really to just keep trying.
0: You know, I've talked to now 1,077 plus people here on Cars Yeah, and that quote ties in directly with what Cars Yeah is all about. Inspiring automotive enthusiasts, people that have figured out how to wrap their passion for cars into their businesses and careers, which is exactly what you've done, and that's what all my guests on the show have done, and it is the secret sauce to life. And when you can add the fact that you are sharing with others and offering a service for others, it just makes it even better, right?
1: I agree. I agree. Like I said, uh, one of the most important things for us is our customers. And, and right after that is our employees. Uh, we have a wonderful connection uh, through ClassicCars.com with our collectors, with our buyers and sellers and enthusiasts. And it's really what makes us tick. Love
0: it. Well, let's talk about a story that instigated your personal passion for cars. Tell us about a pivotal moment in your life as you remember it when you knew you were a car guy.
1: Sure. So when I was a, a, a young kid, on TV was a, a show called Route 66. I don't know oh, if you yes. remember that or sorry. Oh, yeah, okay, I so do. It yeah. were, were these two guys driving around all over the country, Mark, having a wonderful time, adventures and so forth, pretty girls all over the place. And they were driving this absolutely beautiful Corvette. I yeah. thought to myself, what a great way to live. And that was one of my first experiences. Uh, with cars. And uh, throughout the years, I've had a wonderful opportunity to uh, buy different cars, muscle cars, BMW, so forth and so on. It's just been an ongoing love affair, really.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that show ages us a little bit, I'm afraid. <laughs> because, it <does. laughs> yeah, it was on quite a long time ago. I'm, I'm trying to remember, um, I think it was 1960 when that show came out, which is pretty incredible. And I think it ran for four or five years or something like that. he's used the Route 66 theme song, as I remember, uh, which was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, it, it really personified uh, the United States and the freedom of the car and getting out there and doing that's what right. you wanted to do. Yeah,
1: yeah. And Mark, was cool. very good. It was in the early 1960s, which is why I said, of course, I was watching reruns.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Smart guy. I just buried myself and you saved yourself. You, that's why you're smarter than me. Oh, that was clever of you, Roger. No. Very, very nice. Well, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the many roads you've driven down. Uh, you've been entrepreneur in many different ways, so that's fraught with ups and downs. And my gosh, anyone who started a business in 07 is still here. That's saying something. Would you share one of your big challenges or big failures that you faced in life or in your career? But more importantly, how did you overcome that situation and what did it teach you?
1: So uh, I think I I mentioned already that I I was uh, in the energy business before I became an entrepreneur. After I sold my first company, I started an energy company that was put together to help utilities with deregulation. It was the big thing at the time. Within a very short time mark of that business, uh, the Enron disaster happened and pretty much buried the company almost overnight. So there's something that I put a lot of time and planning into and just an external factor that just absolutely threw me off base, basically. So I learned a lot. Uh, I learned uh, that failures are okay as long as you learn from them. I certainly learned to keep an eye on the rest of the industry and to act quickly if, uh, you know, something starts to happen and keep a sharp eye. And it's helped me throughout the years as I've gone through. Like, like we mentioned before, businesses go up and down. It's real important to be prepared for that.
0: Well, that's my takeaway here. And the main lesson learned is, uh, yeah, when you get burned like that and it's nothing that you did, it's something else completely external. And you just, how could I have seen that better? Yeah, keeping an ear to the ground, being aware, not working in a silo, uh, being out there. And and nowadays, of course, you can almost get overload on what's going on in different industries around the world. But uh, that's my takeaway from that lesson there. Is there another one that you could share as far as a takeaway lesson with having to deal with that, especially in the case of the energy factor, oh my gosh, there's a there's a, a business that has ups and downs, deep valleys and high hills.
1: Yeah, especially today. Uh, but uh, but like I said, even in the uh, in, even in the car business, the classic car business, having to deal with the recession as it was coming through, and we managed to survive throughout that. But we really had to change our product base, even though we were a young company getting started. We had to. Uh, do some very different things like, uh, carried a few of the dealers for a while as they were making their way through this and ended up having, mm-hmm. we ended up having some fantastically loyal folks from that point on. I think honestly, they come more often than we'd like these challenging moments, but somehow I think they do end up making us better.
0: Oh, they do. They just make you stronger and. Mm-hmm. I tell that to my my young listeners and even my kids that, uh, you know, we've been on a nice little uh, upward robust climb here financially for a little while. But I guarantee it, something's going to happen at some point. Things are going to fluctuate in some market and affect everybody in some way. So you have to always do that proverbial saving for the rainy day because it will come. I guarantee that's it. That's right. You and I have lived through many of them. That's for sure. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. Now, it sounds like you've had a few of them because you've moved from different uh, business sectors to other business sectors. But tell us about one of those aha moments that really enlightened you and took you down the right path.
1: You know, since we're talking about ClassicCars.com, a very interesting thing. In the very early years, especially through the recession, we were trying to build on the infrastructure, really trying to put something together that would work well, that'd be easy to use, all of those great things that make a successful website and a successful experience. After a while, it became important you know, that we just had to start looking at it from a slightly different angle. The aha moment that came from that was that we were terrific as a marketplace that had buyers and sellers. But the interesting thing was that if we did our job really well, once someone became a buyer or a seller, they didn't need the marketplace anymore. Mm. So the thing that sprang from that was our blog, which we started about three years ago. I think we've written already about 7,000 stories in that short period of time. Wow. Within one year, Mark, out of the top 100 most influential automotive, automotive blogs, we came in number two. And so we hired some great editors uh, that had excellent reputations And it has taken us to a different level, uh, quite frankly. So we've been able to hang on to our folks, even in between their buying and selling of cars. And in fact, Mm -hmm. hopefully by through some of these great stories that we have. In fact, this week, we're we're honoring the Fast and the Furious 17-year anniversary. So it's a lot of fun. And it's really brought us closer to our clients, if you will, to our visitors.
0: Okay, wait a minute. The Fast and the Furious has been around for 17
1: years? Yeah, just oh. a little bit longer than Route sixty six, but oh, gosh,
0: yeah. oh man, I'm going to get my cane out now. I'm starting. You're, you're killing me,
1: Roger. You're killing me. Uh, no. Oh my Believe gosh! Yeah. Me, when I first heard it, I felt the same way, Mark. Seventeen years. It's just amazing. Absolutely,
0: it's it's frightening, you know. And I do a lot of things on Facebook, and uh, a memory popped up today that I just looked at it and went. Five years ago? Really? How when, mm-hmm. How did that happen? Uh, yeah, it's just frightening. I know. Oh, well, it's that's, cr- why we, that's why we need to make sure we're having fun with cars, that's for sure. That's exactly right. Yeah. Life flies by. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk cars and talk about your personal relationship with cars and your first really special car and maybe share a memory you have about that vehicle.
1: Sure, sure. So my one of my favorites, of course, probably the favorite is my first car. Uh, It was a 1969 Camaro Rally Sport. uh, And it was terrific. It's the first car I owned. Unfortunately, though, Mark, I had, uh, and I still do, I'm afraid, a lead foot. So Uh uh, when my friends and I were driving down, I I mentioned before that I lived in Boston, uh, Mm -hmm. driving down to the Cape doing, oh my God, more than I really should even admit to right now. Uh, (laughs) But a lot of fun times down there. And that car was just, it just brings smiles to me all the time yeah
0: oh no doubt i was lucky enough to take my driver's test in a brand new camaro the neighbor up the street owned a chevy dealership and he liked me for some reason i guess he thought i was a good kid and uh yeah he said hey tell you what i'll give you a new camaro to take your driving test in if you pass the test you can keep the car for two weeks gotta give it back but uh you can drive it for two weeks and by golly i was gonna pass that test no, no kidding, no huh? That's yeah. Terrific. Oh, it was fun. It was great. Yeah, a sad day when I had to give it back and uh, go and <laughs> buy my first car, which is an old used grainy car, a 67 Chevy Nova that was a little small engine with four <laughs> doors. But yeah, got me around. So lucky day. Yes, yes. How about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle you've let go that you really wish you could have back?
1: I do. I, I, well, I had this uh, really wonderful 1985 BMW 3 Series. It was just a great car, a lot of fun. I just happened to get a couple of maintenance at the time. I just got a couple of maintenance bills that were a little bit high Mm -hmm. and I decided uh, wrongly, I might add to uh, sell the car at that point. And uh, every time I see one, it just makes me sad. (laughs) So I wish I could get that back.
0: Well, there's a lot of them out there. I've had four M3s now and I've just loved the BMW three series cars. They're the right size for me. I don't like a big car. Um, They're just wonderful, awesome daily drivers, and uh, my listeners know I'm a big Porsche fan. I've had lots of 911s, but I actually gave up a 911 to go back to the M3 as a daily driver because, well, it was just so much more comfortable. And I was Mm -hmm. dealing with a lot of traffic. I had a bad commute, and it was stop and go. And, you know, that Porsche just was not set up to stop and go. It's just set up to go. Understood,
1: yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a big difference between a commuter car and a fun car. So uh, I don't blame you one bit, yeah.
0: Yeah, and at the time, I couldn't afford to have both, so I had to just have one. So uh, Mm -hmm. I had an older car, but I didn't want to take that out and drive it every day. It was more of a classic, but... uh, yeah, the 3 Series. BMW has done a great job with that car. You really think of the evolution from the O2 to the 320i to the 3 Series. I mean, it's just a amazing run.
1: Fantastic run. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Well, I would love for you to share a lot more with my listeners about ClassicCars.com. Tell us more about the site, what they c- could expect when they go there. I'm sure everybody's probably already been there, but maybe not. Hopefully, we'll bring you some new followers. But what has you really excited and fired up about your business right
1: now? Sure. So, one of the things that we're really excited about is what's happening in the industry, actually everywhere. And that is that baby boomers are getting older. And uh, they just, uh, at some point, they're going to be selling more of their cars. That's already, we've seen that already starting. So, it's really important for us to bring younger people into the industry and into the hobby. And uh, we've got a lot of programs that are helping that. We're running a special show at the beginning of Scottsdale Week. That is called the Future Classic Car Show, where we bring younger folks with, you know, cars from the '90s and early '200s all the way up, and it's been absolutely a, a terrific for us. We talked a little bit about the journal and how we're doing a story about the Fast and the Furious. Those are the cars right now; those Japanese cars, the NSXs, the the uh, Toyota Supras, Gotson 242, ADZs. zs Those are the kinds of cars now that are really starting to take hold. And some of the newer cars, you know, the GTRs, The so it's an exciting time as this new group of folks are coming through and we're trying to be prepared for it. So not just in the journal, but actually on our site as well. We've got a bunch of those cars out there for sale already and really making a big push to try to bring that next generation in.
0: You know, it's so important. And you're right. There we, there goes the age thing again. We keep doing that to ourselves today, don't we? <laughs> yeah, we are aging. And, you know, I, I see that around me with the neighborhood I'm in and people that uh, are aging, they spend less time on their car. And, and when people retire, unless they have great wealth, they just flat out stop spending money or they don't spend as they much do. money sure. because sure. they are not earning anymore. So they have to be careful and they keep their cars longer, too. So You're right. We've got to find ways to uh, invite these younger people into this hobby. And of course, the escalation of collector car prices through auctions and things where a lot of speculators who aren't even into cars are dumping money into cars thinking, oh, I'll double, triple my money in a year, uh, which sometimes works, but usually not. Usually not. No, that's absolutely right. Yeah, usually not, unless you can afford to buy a a Ferrari GTO or something. You're pretty much guaranteed that'll go up. But uh you got to be in a, a heavy hitter club to get into that one so i think it's great that you're doing that and recognizing that because this is this japanese market is somewhat affordable for people and continues to be even though i'm even starting to see like the other day i saw a 510 that sold for $36,000
1: I'm like what yeah amazing amazing yeah we've got a 2005 acura nsx that's going for $119,000 Oh. I mean, no, it's incredible, and uh, a nineteen ninety one going for sixty four nine. So, absolutely terrific. We can start to see this market starting to burgeon, and uh, it's a fun time, by the way. You know, so it, it's always exciting when you're facing some change, and uh, we're excited about this. We're actually embracing it.
0: Well, let me ask you this question because uh, I want to stick on this subject for a little bit longer. One of the things I hear from some of the naysayers out there is, "Oh, these millennial kids don't care at all about cars." If you look at the leased car market, it has gone up exponentially uh, the number of leased cars which those are cars people don't really they're not theirs they're just loners really so they're not mm-hmm. going to embrace them probably or take that good a care of them because they're going to be getting rid of them but what's your opinion of that group of people and the sayers out there that go well there's just not going to be anybody interested in cars or is that something that you think is just a misnomer
1: i don't think it is completely but i will say this that uh just a couple of years ago, uh, those numbers that were coming in that, first of all, uh, millennials were not getting their license early enough. I can remember when I turned 16, oh, I think gosh, I was yeah. at the front door. I mean, yeah, God, the, morning so, of. <laughs> yeah. the morning of, right? So, I mean, yeah. we made sure we had that appointment all set. Everything was set to go. And, and that's just not the case anymore. I mean, lot, uh, there's been a lot of lifestyle changes and so forth. One thing that I have read more recently, though, is that millennials, a little bit later on, are in fact starting to buy some cars. So I'm hoping that that changes. But unless we do something like that, put some programs together so that people can start enjoying the ownership of a car and the kind of fun that they can have and so forth, uh, then it's not going to be a good future for the car industry, at least the classic car industry the way we know it today. But like I said, we're already starting to see that next generation coming in with the Japanese cars uh, and the sport compacts, and uh, we're really impressed with the passion that they have.
0: Well, I like to hear that. The other factor that people don't always take into effect is there are all, a lot of baby boomers. The number of baby boomers is massive compared to the number of even X Ys in millennials. Uh, it, it's just so much bigger. So you've got attrition happening there too with the number of people. But I always tell one. Tell people, you know, expose young people to cars. If if you go to car shows, invite a kid on the block to go to a car show or take your car to uh, a group of kids and show them or, or take them into your shop and let them wrench on a car or try some stuff. Um, that's how you get that spirit fired up in people is including them in your passion and sharing the passion with them. So I'm so happy to hear that Classic Cars is embracing that technology and, and in the technology you have, of course, which is what all these people are. They're on these devices with their faces buried in them. So, you know, you thats right. be a part yeah. of it.
1: Yeah. And Mark, what you said about kids, I, I think that is so important. I think a lot, you know, we're like I said, we're sort of concentrating on this next generation coming through, but it's really important that we start hitting high school kids and even younger. And we've got a partnership with SEMA that I'm really excited about as well. It's called Motorin. It's a calendar app, an event app, if you will. And uh, it's working in conjunction with SEMA, like I said, so that we can put together something that gets younger people learning what kind of car shows are around. It's also very easy for people to post their events and hopefully with the kind of distribution after the marketing that we're doing, both us and SEMA, that more and more people will see some of these great shows that are around every corner in some cases and just haven't been discovered by a lot of people. So I think people... You know, just driving into one of these little malls and seeing even a small car show and bringing a little kid with their sons and daughters would be absolutely fantastic.
0: Absolutely. Now, you said that app, is it Motorin, M-O-T-O-R-I-N?
1: Yes, it is with an apostrophe at the end. Yeah, you can go to either the App Store or the uh, Google Play Store.
0: Awesome. We'll make sure I put a link to that. I wasn't aware of that. So I'll put a link to that. that. Absolutely. And SEMA, of course, uh, is such a fantastic organization. Wade Kawasaki, what he's doing there now has just been Mm -hmm. fantastic. So uh, love SEMA. I think this will be my 20... 8th or 29th year going to that event. So, uh,
1: wow. Oh, that's it's it's a great show. It's just yeah. an it's a candy land for uh, for grown-ups, oh you know. It's just it's, absolutely it's, terrific.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's Disneyland for adults, guys and women that love cars for sure. Very nice.
1: Yeah. No, I was just going to mention one thing too, please, about, you know, we were talking about that older generation, the baby boomers as they're getting older. and One thing that we're also finding, you know, on our site, it's a listing service if you will. So, people can go in Enter their information, put up some photos and so forth, and they're all set. But one thing that we learned, and this is kind of a new program for us that is really working out well, is called the concierge program. And for some of these folks, the most important thing that they have to look at is uh, that they're looking at, excuse me, is convenience and safety. And so we're getting a lot of calls from folks that want us to handle the communication between the buyer and seller so as to protect them. And in some cases, we we have folks that sadly, some uh, widows that just don't know a lot about the cars, mm, and uh, yeah. this is a great way for us to help them out. It's a great program that's really starting to get traction with us, and I think just like to tell everybody about that because I think in today's age, especially if people are getting older, safety and convenience matters a lot more.
0: Oh, that's awesome! And so people can go to your site and find out about that. There, the concierge service, absolutely awesome, great. Yeah, I went to an estate sale. It's actually some years ago, and I went straight to the garage. That's all I cared about was what was in the garage. <laughs> and it was a, a woman who had lost her husband, and they were sell- she was downsizing and selling her home and everything. And there was an old Mercedes out there, and I asked the guy, I said, how much is the Mercedes? And he told me, and I went, uh, you've grossly underpriced this car. It wasn't a car that mm. I wanted, but I was more concerned about the woman. Who was trying to, you know, raise capital. And I actually said, you know, you're doing her a disservice. And I put them in touch. They didn't know anything about cars. They knew about estate furniture. Yeah. And uh, ended up getting her three times. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Ended up getting her three times. It was an old SL. And uh, uh, she was kind enough to send me. She sent me a box of chocolates. as a thank you. I thought that was really sweet.
1: Oh, isn't Uh, that nice? That's great. Yeah.
0: Yeah. To help her out. But uh, yeah, that's awesome. I love what you're doing. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Roger. If you were a car, what kind of car would Roger be and why?
1: (laughs) Well, if I was a car uh, a few years back, I think it would be totally different. But today, (laughs) if I was a car, it probably would be a four-wheel drive, all-terrain SUV. Oh, okay. And why is that? Well, thankfully, my kids and their kids are all doing well. But I want them to know that I'm there to help them through any rocky roads they need to go through. Nice.
0: I like it. Very nicely said. I like the way you put that all together. Cool. Well, Roger, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Everyone who knows me knows I'm really picky when it comes to my cars and keeping them looking new. I'm a huge fan of Covercraft floor mats. I've protected my vehicle with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft floor mats. They will protect your vehicle's factory carpets from daily abuse, weather, pets, children, weekend adventures, and those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and stylish way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft floor mats come in a wide variety of styles, materials, and configurations, all designed for maximum protection. In addition to Premier plush and Berber custom floor mats, you'll also find... Cargo liners, canine cargo area liners, dash covers, and sunscreens enhance your vehicle's looks while protecting the factory finishes with easy to install and easy to clean floor mats. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at covercraft.com and tell them Market Cars yeah sent you. That's covercraft.com. Hey, this is Mark Green. Are you interested in selling online and building a sustainable business? Bonanza is a marketplace platform that empowers you to create your dream business. Getting started at Bonanza is easy. You can start fresh or import your items from other marketplaces like Amazon, eBay, Etsy, or Shopify. Auto parts and accessories are a high-performance category at Bonanza, and there's no risk involved in signing up. There are no listing fees or monthly fees. You pay only when you make the sale. Bonanza listens to seller feedback and uses it to improve tools and build new features, so there are tons of customization options for sellers no matter what the size of your business. Be sure to sign up using the link bonanza.com cars Yeah, and you'll receive a free consultation with Bonanza experts who make sure that you are on your way to generating sales. That's bonanza.com slash cars. Yeah. All right, Roger, we're back and we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Uh, the best
1: automotive advice um, for my wife, slow down. Why do
0: I but hear that dad- all the time
1: too? <laughs> In fact, almost every day. Uh, But uh, And from my dad, uh, your car is an extension of yourself. Keep it clean and keep it up to date and make sure you take care of it. So it was great advice. Yeah, Uh, perfect.
0: Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your many successes over the years?
1: I hope I'm not like that in regular life, but professionally, I think being uh, a little stubborn that, you know, you just don't give up. You're always faced with certain problems, certainly, and and, uh, just to... Sometimes let a day or two go by and things sort of look a little bit different. So be stubborn, a little bit stubborn professionally, try to see it through.
0: Absolutely. Persistence, tenacity, all signs mm-hmm. of a, a strong entrepreneur. Now, how about a resource? Obviously, your a business is a great resource, but is there another resource you'd like to share with us? For me personally,
1: for an example, uh, with uh, everything that we're doing, we're looking at uh, different types of cars. And and so I'm always around to various Car sites, Jalopnik is a, is one of my favorites. Uh, there are others too that I that I go to, and in general, uh, just to be able to find, you know, we we're always constantly looking for new dealers. I think I may have mentioned that we have over five hundred dealers across wow. the United States uh, that wow. uh, are, are strictly classic car dealers. So they're fantastic. We're always doing research about the area, you know, what kind of demographics they might have around there. And, of course, we sell nationally. So a lot of that, you know, doesn't matter quite as much as it used to in the old days. But so we're constantly doing research using Google and those kinds of things, too.
0: Ah, absolutely. If I could rage for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that person be?
1: You know, today... I think it would be Elon Musk.
0: I kind of thought you were going to say that. <laughs> I, I would like to talk to him, too. He's a hard guy yeah. to get to. Believe me, I've tried. He sure uh, is. He yeah. Sure
1: is. yeah. It, it might take a couple of drinks, too, I might add, to get him to talk. But Maybe so, yeah. Uh, yeah, but it'd be really interesting. Honestly, what he's done in starting up a, a really radical new concept from scratch and uh, made it as successful as it is. And it's a heck of a product, too. So I'd love to have a little chat with him about how he thinks, how he makes his decisions and so forth. I think that would be a lot of fun. He is a little weird, like you mentioned. So it'd be kind of, I think it'd be a fun conversation as well.
0: Well, I tell you to do what he's done in life, when you go back and study him and the things that he started and the way he thinks he's, he's thinking on a whole different level. It's just, You know, you want to be able to grab a little piece of that nugget and go, God, how can I get some of that into my skull and think the way he thinks? I mean, it's just, it's so big and broad and wide and it'd be wonderful. I'd like to get him on this show one day.
1: Oh, that'd be terrific. You know, Mark, five years ago, I bought a a Tesla Model S and uh, that whole experience. Now today, a lot more people have done it, bought them and so forth, but for me, it was really interesting, even from a computer standpoint, you know, I ordered it online, never met anybody in person. It was just yeah. a terrific. <laughs> it was terrifically different. The car was in those days, uh, the car was actually delivered right to my front door. It, it was a heck of a, a heck of an experience that I really appreciated. And it was so different in its approach uh, that I was uh, really uh, impressed by him and the company.
0: I love disruptors. I just love them.
1: I love them. I love them. Well, how
0: about a book?
1: Is there a book you've read that you'd like to share with our listeners? You know, I, I, I'm a constant reader. I, I'm actually, I, I guess this makes sense because I like classic cars, uh, but I'm a little bit of a history buff. And so I like uh, reading, uh, uh, you know, historical stories. My last name was Thomas Jefferson, The Out of the Power by John Meacham. But uh, I, I also like, uh, uh, you know, I read a book by Winston Churchill as well. And um I'm also a big fan too you know we're, we're in a specific time mark that I'm just excited about you know just a few years ago was 100 years since the automobile then 100 years since first flight 100 years soon you know 50 years since uh, the the moon shot coming up soon so all of these great things really get my curiosity up, and I and I always love to read about that, and, and I'm always amazed at by what people have done, in a lot of cases with so little. That actually motivates me, so I, I really like those kinds of stories.
0: When you think of the history of the world and how small a time the last 100 years and what's happened, it, it's almost incomprehensible when you think about what's going to happen in the next 100 years. I just, I can't. I just wanted to be around for it. Obviously, we won't be, but uh, man, it's going to be one wild ride. Well, I'll remind your listeners you can find all these cool resources Roger shared on his Carsia yeah show notes page. Just go to carsia.com, type in Roger Falcione, and I'll spell his last name for you F A L C I O N E Falcione. Nice Italian name. And you will uh, you will find all these cool resources. All right, Roger, we're up to the fun part here, the checkered flag, as if we're not already having a good time. This question, can, though, can be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to buy you any cool classic collector car on the planet. Money's no object because I'm buying. There are a couple rules, though. You can only have this one car. You have to drive it, and you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with. So what can I buy you today?
1: You know, I'd love to have a Ferrari, quite frankly, okay, because I just love the cars and so forth. But I think what I'd choose is uh, if I could actually get my my dad's actual 1963 Chevy Impala. It was our family's first uh, family car, and uh, we had such great memories in it. My dad passed away last year, and i just love to have it in the garage. Yeah, I
0: lost my father last year, too, so my condolences Mm. to you. I I know what that is like. Yeah, and my father was the one that, Instilled passion in me for cars. When I was only five, mm-hmm. he bought a four, 1949 MGTC. Not quite as fast as a Chevy Impala, that's for sure. <laughs> in fact, I had never driven one until about five years ago. And after I got out of it, I went, Why did he like that? It was just, uh, it was a little different. A different um, yeah, yes, beautiful different car to look at. But uh, well, sure. that Chevy Impala, obviously, special memories for you with your father and your family.
1: Uh, maybe share one of those stories. Well, first of all, the reason why it was a little bit late, we actually emigrated from Italy. So this was like a big deal for us to get this. And uh, it was a real turning point for our family. So we just went on uh, special vacations, you know, that I remember very, very fondly. We had a very, very close family uh and um, real heartwarming stuff like that. You know, uh, trips to the beach, trips to uh, uh visit some of our relatives and uh yeah. You know, as life gets more complicated, as life gets a little bit tougher, those memories sometimes seem even more benign. You know, that they're, they're more pleasant, they're easier on the memory, let's say.
0: I understand. We had a Oldsmobile Vista cruiser when I was a kid and we would drive oh, from boy. San Diego to Texas to visit my dad's parents. They lived on a farm and I remember driving across Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, and that thing, stopping at those Stuckies places uh, Uh, that were on the road (laughs) and begging my mom to buy me the tarantula in the little globe, you know, or something silly (laughs) like that. Of course, she'd say, no, we're not going to spend our money that way. But uh, yeah, cars uh, definitely bring back wonderful memories of great times with family. So love to find you that
1: 63 Chevy Impala. That would be something. I'm still looking, actually, but I'd love to find that one. Uh, You know, that would be a real kick.
0: That would be a kick for sure. Well, Roger, you've taken me on a great ride today. Really enjoyed getting to know you better. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with the Cars Yow listeners. Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you head off into the sunset and Dad 63 Chevy Impala?
1: So on a personal level, uh, certainly do unto others as you would want them to do to you. Um, yeah. Always lived with that, and I think uh, you'll do fine if everybody does that. And in yeah. business, um, I can honestly say we always put our customers first. And uh, like I mentioned earlier, our employees, are very important employees, a very very close second. Yeah. Uh, those absolutely. are the two things that I think that have been a that have made our company a real success.
0: Absolutely. And what's the best way for people to learn more about classiccars.com?
1: Go to the website? Go to the website. Yes, and we have uh classiccars.com of course and like we like I said we're located in uh, Phoenix, Arizona and we'd like love to help uh, anybody buy or sell a car or if they have a great story we'd love to hear from you for our journal. Uh, we love, uh, uh, you know, uh, stories that come from folks, uh, uh, you know, in the industry itself. So we'd love to hear some personal stories. We'd love to publish them. So please, uh, there, there's a form on the website, actually, that you can do that. So so please do that as well.
0: Absolutely. Well, listeners, you'll find links to that website. Of course, it's easy to find ClassicCars.com. On Roger's show notes page, uh, just go to com. type in Roger Falcioni. And that page will pop right up. Check out classiccars.com if you haven't visited before. If you have, go back and visit again. There's a lot of new things happening there. A wonderful site for those of those of us in the hobby who love old cars. Roger, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your experiences with me and the Cars yeah! audience. Until you and I talk again,
1: I'll see you down the road. Thank you very much, Mark. It's been a pleasure.
0: Pleasure is all mine. Dot .com Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines, updating your financial plan is important too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Member FINRA Sipik CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp.
1: Thank you so much for joining us on today's
0: ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun.